Hello everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to something a little bit different. Before I start I just want to say thank you everyone for your support so far. There's been some really great feedback and some equally brilliant suggestions for the overshare um, in general. So today I'm recording something a little bit different, which is the first in a series of mini episodes where perhaps there's some difficulty in coordinating guest availability or there's just something I want to share. So unfortunately there is no guest, it will just be me for the next 15 or so minutes to share some advice from a brilliant book which has been read in whole and part by me time and time again and I just thought it would be nice to share with you some of the brilliant words in it which in lots of ways have been the inspiration behind me sort of taking the plunge with starting the podcast in the first place. So I was just going to dip in and out of some of my favourite parts and hopefully bring a little bit of insight from some great minds to you in a much more concise sort of snippet of time. So the title of the book is If I Could Tell You Just One Thing and it's written by Richard Reed. and the sort of additional part of the title is Encounters with Remarkable People and Their Most Valuable Advice. So I started reading this book when I was babysitting waiting for the lovely little boy I was looking after to fall asleep and I was sat on his bedroom floor and I was so hooked I think I sat on that bedroom floor for a large chunk of time. So yeah that's the title of the book. Essentially there are probably upwards of 30 chapters and each chapter is only a few pages long. Essentially the author meets some really really remarkable people some names you will have heard before such as Bill Clinton and Richard Branson and other names you might not have heard but the people are equally important. People who have a huge influence in the military and people who have a huge influence in building the internet and less household names but equally remarkable in their own right. And essentially the author writes a short bit of context in how they met and how they have come across this person, sort of what line of work. There's a short introduction on the conversation that they share and then he asks each and every one for their lasting piece of advice, hence the name of the book, If I Could Tell You Just One Thing. I'll just run over a few of the names. So you've got Bill Clinton, Joanna Lumley, Stephen Fry, Haston Blumenthal, Simon Cowell, Martha Lane Fox. Richard Branson, Katie Piper, Michael Bloomberg, Andy Murray, Joe Malone, Bear Grylls, Claire Balding, just to name a few. So we'll start with one of the all-time greats, which is David Attenborough. So the setting of this conversation took place at the Whitley Awards for Nature, an Oscar-like awards ceremony for rising stars in the world of conservation. So the author writes, He also underlines the importance of appreciating what is around us, not just our natural history but also our art and other people too. He recommends what he calls an explorer's mentality, delighting in and savouring all the riches of life as we journey through it. And while doing so, he heeds, it is a good idea to create more than you consume. When the author asks David for his best piece of advice, David Attenborough says the following. 
I have never met a child that is not fascinated by our natural world, the animal kingdom and the wonders within it. It is only as we get older that we sometimes lose that sense of wonderment, but I think we would all be better off if we kept it. So my advice is to never lose that. Do what you can to always keep that sense of magic within our natural world alive. So that's a super lovely one to start with, which I think is so special because if there's one person whose opinion is super widely respected, it has to be David Attenborough. So moving on to a different genre of person, shall I say. So next I'm going to read from a chapter which is the interview with Richard Curtis, who was the scriptwriter to Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, Love Actually, and many, many more. And he also has a huge role in amazing initiatives such as Comic Relief, Red Nose Day, and Make Poverty History. Um, so he definitely has a huge array of things he has a huge influence in. So when asked for his piece of advice, he says, so just before he gives his lasting piece of advice, he says a little bit on perspective, which I really, really like. He says, my dad, not unkindly, described his own life aged 18, which was finding himself fatherless and cleaning toilets on a ship to earn money and compared it to what my life was like. I was absolutely fixed after that. It gave me a sense of perspective between my problems and other people's that I have kept forever. He also leaves this little pearl, which is, you can't be happier than happy. Don't let a lovely day out in the countryside be ruined by the fact that it's not sunny. He says, the idea that if you are content and things are good, do not be disturbed by the possibility that they could be better. And finally, his lasting piece of advice is as follows. None of us should ever underestimate our ability to change people's lives. There is a direct cause and effect of what we do here and what happens there. But if you want to help, you actually have to do something. You can't just talk about it. My motto is, if you want to make things happen, you have to make things. Create an object, a slogan, a film, a little book, a badge, a hashtag, a red nose day. Make something so wonderful that it captures people's hearts and minds so that they can't help but be dragged in and help. And even better, make it funny too. That is all I have ever done. I absolutely love that bit from Richard Curtis because I think if you googled him for example you would see and just all of his achievements with film and perhaps you wouldn't see the amazing stuff that goes on behind the scenes and it's just as admirable as the initial set of achievements so I think that's really exciting. And next I want to read from Elaine de Botton and if you're not familiar with him he has a YouTube channel and he talks on the school of life it's also in book form and many many other things that really doesn't do it justice but he essentially is a hugely accredited researcher of the human psyche and he's a very very clever man and he's done a lot of things so Elaine de Botton leaves a number of pieces of advice but in terms of how he advises leading a more nourishing life he says, find the thing that drives you. It's not easy. Most of us are not obvious to ourselves, but we occasionally pick up indistinct signals. Some kind of vague longing from something that feels like a ghost self deep within us. Something that refuses to die, but is not quite alive either. That ghost is our true self trying to come out. Listen out for it. We have to turn our ghost self into a real person. We need to bring the ghost to life. And then the author asks for some more tips on this ghost hunting. He says, analyse what you are envious of. 
it is very unlikely we actually envy an entire person. If you break it down, you'll find you actually just envy specific attributes of them, say their approach to graphic design or their ability to bake. And from there, you can build up an analysis of your envy, a model of your ideal self. And he also says it's very important to kind of trial and error, experiment new things. And he says, it's all going to go wrong is a useful starting point. Allow us to make peace with failure. I've calmed myself down in risky ventures many times with a sense of, oh, fuck it. It may all blow up, but that's okay. And then he ends by saying, one doesn't want to frighten people, but obviously life is extremely short and reminding ourselves of that should invigorate us and shake us from a kind of lethargy when we are searching. Lethargy, I'm not sure I said that right, but you get the message, you get the picture. And I love this because I often think that jealousy can be a super good thing. And I think people get a little confused when I say that because I think we are raised to believe and be conditioned to think that jealousy is a bad thing and that we should not feel it. But I've always thought there are actually some really, really good things about it because it can you can use it to inspire you. For example, I often will say I'm really jealous of you in a nice way as in what you've done what you've achieved is something I want to do and a place I would like to end up in and I think it's a really positive thing because it's kind of fuel for your own fire and I think in a lot of places there's a fine line between jealousy and inspiration in fact I think they merge together quite often and also the sense of this pessimism saying you know it's all going to go wrong I think if you can picture the worst that can happen then again there's only good that can come from it so if you can find good that comes from jealousy and good that comes from being a pessimist the only way is up and I quite like that frame of mind the next one I want to touch on is Martha Lane Fox who in this book is referred to as the first lady of the internet so she founded co-founded even lastminute.com which might not sound like an enormous enormous thing but back then people didn't buy holidays and so on online so it really was the first of its kind in many ways and she was very remarkable in that she was pretty much the only woman in an incredibly male dominated environment and she leaves some really great advice after she talks through having death threats and co and that her co-founder who was a male didn't have to go through any of that and um, Martha received over 2,000 pieces of hate mail not because she necessarily did anything wrong, but just because of her gender, which is really sad. But essentially, she leaves some great advice in terms of improving herself and those around her and capitalising opportunity. She says, be bold. If you're bold, you might royally screw up, but you can also achieve much more. So be bold. You've only got your own reputation to lose and that's not important. It's much better to strive for something that seems impossible, that's quite nuts on some level. So be bold, whatever it is. Even if you work on a customer help desk, ask yourself, how can I be bold? Find small moments of boldness because they are everywhere. And I absolutely love that because I think boldness shows real passion and kind of referring to Elaine de Botton if you already know what's the worst that can happen and kind of figure out what in your own life is worth it and what isn't. I really enjoy that mentality and I think Martha Lane Fox is the coolest person ever. The next one I'm going to go through to perhaps finish here or maybe one more after this, but this is Lieutenant Colonel, 
Lieutenant Colonel Lucy Giles, the first female college commander in history to run Santa. So she's a name you perhaps haven't heard of on screen or in the media, but she's incredibly, incredibly important and she's had a really phenomenal career. I really enjoy the piece of advice she leaves behind, as well as being um, a mum, a wife and a soldier, which I'm sure takes a lot of juggling. She also went to Exeter University, which I think is really fun. She says, fundamentally everything comes down to values. The army has a set, courage, discipline, respect, integrity, and her job is to make sure they are ingrained. She says, if you find yourself standing outside at night getting punished for having fluff on your jumper it's because you didn't have at a very small level the discipline to check your kit before inspection and if you extract that small issue to a different context say you forget to put your safety catch on your weapon and it accidentally goes off and kills someone you can see why we do it everything we do is grounded in the purpose of us being better soldiers and she says that having values living up to them and helping others do the same is what makes a great soldier so this is her advice for life in wider application. She says, life for me is about doing the right thing on a difficult day when no one is looking. If you do something or walk by something that you know is not right, then you're ultimately cheating and undermining your own self. If you do the right thing, no matter what the outcome, your confidence always grows and you have a better life that way. So just make sure you are always honest with yourself and make sure you always do the right thing. I love that because, oh my God, this tractor just keeps going past. I really enjoy that because Lieutenant Colonel Lucy Giles sounds like a proper jobber, a full jobber. If there's one thing in life I can't stand, it's a half jobber. And I think it applies to everything. And I completely agree in that if you do everything properly, no matter how small, and apply the same mentality all the time, life is more fruitful, in my opinion. I completely agree with her. Also, great YouTuber Ali Abdal has a podcast episode called 68 bits of unsolicited advice and one of them is it's easier to stick to your principles 100% of the time than 98% of the time which I think is super fascinating because there are many contexts that that applies in even if it's sort of um getting up similar times every day or you know keeping a house tidy or putting you all in something I think it's easier to give it 100% the entire time and just to finish off I want to do Michael McIntyre's chapter because all comedians no matter kind of what their specialism can be really complicated characters and often they are very very clever people often they can also suffer very heavily with depression and perhaps come across as almost two people um one on stage person and one kind of inverted commas normal human who has to live their home life Michael McIntyre's is super fascinating and his piece of advice says he says he can still remember how painful it can be when you don't have money when things aren't working and when the situation looks hopeless so he passes on advice to those at that stage which is terrifyingly relatable you somehow need to find a way to believe to keep going but it is not enough to say to yourself be confident you can't just be confident you have to surround yourself with people who bring the best from you who will help you grow that confidence I'm like Britain's Got Talent, I need my three yeses. I need my wife, my mother and my agent to all say, yes, that was good. And then it's like, all right, that works, I can keep going. I put my success down to that. My wife, my family, my support network, my three yeses. 
I really enjoyed that. I think you are who you surround yourself with has so much more or holds so much more weight as you grow up because life gets more serious and you have to start setting more boundaries and making more widely impacting decisions. So I think surrounding yourself with people who bring out the best in you is very, very important and something you should never really cut corners on. So I'm going to end there, which I really enjoyed sharing pieces of that book. There are so, so many more people who all have amazing, amazing pieces of advice and I would really, really recommend reading it or if you want to hear a bit more from it let me know I can always do another little episode um I just thought a little short episode would be quite fun um my dad told me he does not have time to listen to an hour's podcast on his way to work so hopefully this one will fit in a bit better with his morning commute and perhaps some others so I hope you really enjoyed that and I'm really excited about some people who I've got lined up to record with just a question now of kind of coordinating it all but thank you for bearing with until next time bye